Thanks for joining us for the special Mid-East Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Christians are not of this world. Rather, we are aliens and sojourners en route to our final destination in heaven. In the meantime, however, Pastor J.D. reminds us never to give up on non-believers, even those who seem furthest from God. We don't know his plan and don't want to be the weak link on their path to salvation. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on October 4th, 2020. Just this last week, you probably heard about this, very interesting, Amazon announced Amazon One, which allows you to, quote, pay with your palm, one scan does it all. Oh, how convenient. Quoting, Amazon One simplifies everyday interactions. It's a free contactless service that lets you use your palm to pay, enter, or identify yourself. Do you realize that ID 2020, ID 21, pardon me, will have a digital ID for everyone and everything on planet earth. And it will be tracked and it will be traced. And make no mistake about it, and I don't say this to create any fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. But today, you and I go to the grocery store, we have to wear a mask. There is coming that day, I believe very, very soon, sooner than any of us could possibly imagine, where instead of a mask, it will be a mark. You want to buy food for your family? Well, you need to have this mark. You need to show proof that you've been vaccinated. And in the vaccine, they have the technology where it will have an ID, a marker. And all you have to do, like with this Amazon One, is walk up. You don't need anything. Actually, I'm still trying to research this for its authenticity, but it is very possible that all of this social distancing, six feet, wearing of a mask, washing of hands, is actually a satanic ritual. Have you ever asked yourself why it's not five feet or seven feet? Why six? And what's up with the mask? And the washing of the hands, it's all conditioning. It's part of a ritual. It's isolation for transformation, and finally, reformation. That's what's happening right now. 
But God, but God will rapture the church prior to the seven-year tribulation, and we will be kept from that which is coming upon the whole earth. Revelation 3 verse 10, the church of Philadelphia, the second of the two churches for which there was no rebuke. Jesus says, has John write, since you have kept my command to endure patiently, I will also keep you from the hour of tribulation that is going to come on the whole world to test the inhabitants of the earth. I'm going to keep you from that. I'm going to take you before that. Now we have a question that I think we need to answer. And the question is one of whether or not it's going to get worse for Christians prior to the pre-tribulation rapture of the church. Well, it really already is. And if it gets even worse, and I would suggest that it very likely will, God will get us through whatever it is that we have to go through, no matter how bad it is or how bad it gets. When our daughter Noelle died, the Lord just, it was one of those times where God just speaks, not audibly, it didn't need to be audibly, but it was so clear. This is what He spoke to me. In that unspeakable pain and grief and sorrow of having lost a child, He spoke to me this, No matter how bad it is, it cannot change how good I am. That will not have the final word in your life. I will, because I am God. Yeah, but my daughter died. Yes, but God. But God. I want to encourage you if this is you, and you've allowed the enemy (laughs) to put thoughts in your mind. He can't read your mind, but he can certainly attack your mind. That's where the battleground is. That's why we have to take every thought captive into the obedience of Christ. But he's putting thoughts into your mind like, what if you fill in the blanks? Oh, brother, sister, I've been there. I've been there. Oh, I just want to encourage you on the authority of God's Word, God's love for you. Don't let the enemy do that to you, because he'll take you as far down the road as he possibly can, as you'll allow him to, to the point where you're like, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? And here's the Lord saying, what? (laughs) What do you mean? Hello? I've already told you. If it were not so, I would not have told you. Let not your heart be troubled. I'm going to take care of what, what? I'm going to, you know, abandon you now? After all I've done for you. I'm going to say, you know what? You're on your own. Pull yourself up by the bootstraps. You're on your own, kid. 
God's going to do that? I think about Paul writing to the Romans. If God was unwilling to withhold His only begotten Son to die for you, is there anything He wouldn't give to you? I mean, think about this. (laughs) We're trusting God by faith when that trumpet sounds and the dead in Christ rise first, that we're going to be raptured up, but we can't trust God for this month's rent. Does that make any sense at all? He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Yeah, but pastor, it's, it's really getting serious now. It's down to the wire. Yeah, but you got your butt God in the wrong spot. Okay, it's, it's down to the wire, but God will never leave you or forsake you. First Thessalonians chapter 4, I want to point something out that I think oftentimes gets missed in this famous chapter with the rapture and the gospel all packaged together. Brothers and sisters, Paul writes, verse 13, chapter 4, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in Him. Did you catch that? Oh, I think sometimes we just read past that. Check this out. At the rapture, the dead in Christ are going to rise first, and that's a bodily resurrection. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Their spirit, present with the Lord, is going to be reunited with their glorified body at the rapture. And that's going to happen first. And then we who are alive and remain will be caught up. And I'm going to see my daughter Noel again. Perfect body. I'm going to see my mommy again. I hope I see my daddy all of those loved ones, they're going to come with Him when He comes for us. And what was your problem again? I'm sorry. You know, some of us are thick-headed and stiff-necked and stubborn. I know you know nothing of this. Again, I'm just going to use myself. Of course. Puts it into perspective, doesn't it? Yeah, it's really bad, but... God changes everything. After he describes the rapture, he says in verse 18, therefore encourage one another with these words. That's the gospel. This is the good news. That's what the word gospel means that Jesus came, that He died for you, He died for me, He was buried, He rose again on the third day, and He's coming back again one day soon and very soon. That's the gospel, the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ. This is why we end with the gospel, and it's also why we end with the ABCs of salvation, which is just a childlike, childlike, simple explanation of salvation. So for the last few weeks, 
we've been sharing testimonies that we receive from online members. And I want to just share two more with you today. I think they'll be a great encouragement to you. This one comes from an online member from Texas that's been an online member for about eight years. She writes, as a child, my maternal side of the family was one of abuse. At the age of 13, I got gloriously saved, and Jesus put me back together. The potter filled in all that brokenness. Jesus has been my everything ever since. Due to the reality of that side of the family, many on that side are non-believers, very hostile to the gospel. I understand that. How could a loving God let those things happen to us innocent children? But what they don't understand is He is the only one who can heal that. He can take our mess and make a message out of it. One of the most vocal atheistic members of that side of the family recently contacted me about the end times. She sees the signs. She knew something is going on. I was overwhelmed with shock and thankfulness. I began to talk to her, and I sent her Pastor J.D.'s prophecy updates. Two nights ago, she told me she is now saved. I'm telling you, God is using this to bring people to Him. And we have to be at the ready to give to everyone an answer of that hope that lies within us. They should be looking at us and saying about us, wow, they're not freaking out like the rest of us. What's different about them? Oh, come on, ask me, ask me, ask me. Call me, call me, call me. I'll tell you. Why are you not freaking out? Because here's why. This is my hope. I'm saved. Give to everyone an answer of that hope that we have. She goes on saying that she now knows Jesus. There are no words. I never thought this would happen. And yes, that is sad, my lack of faith. And isn't that true? The last person you think will get saved is probably the person that's going to get saved. I think about Saul of Tarsus. (laughs) There's several accounts with uh, the early church going, what? Saul got saved? No, it's a trick. It's a trick. No, he's saved. He's radically saved. No, 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 this is Saul of Tarsus. No, he got saved. No way. Way. I only say that because never, ever, ever, ever dismiss somebody that you think would never get saved, they're probably the ones that will. And isn't it interesting, the the ones I have the hardest time with are the ones who just kind of, you know, agree. There's, There's no, you know, hey, yeah, you know, I believe in God, you know, and yeah, Jesus, and yeah, you know, the Bible, and yeah, I can't get anywhere with them. How do you do with them? You know, the ones that I seem to have the most, uh, impact with are the ones that are so combative. No! Oh God, we got one. We got one. 
You know, it's been said you throw a rock into a pack of dogs. The dog that barks the loudest got hit the hardest. She continues. Today she told me to pray for her sons. I sent her Sunday, September 27th prophecy update. She sent it to both of her sons. I pray for you, bro, JD. I don't know if you are like me, but I get weary in well-doing. Oh, I do. (laughs) I faint, and I hate that. I pray for your strength. I pray that this is an encouragement, because it is a miracle. Thank you, Jesus. Come quickly, Lord Jesus, in Him alone. The second one, real quick, is from Southern California. So she emailed us after the update where I shared about this brother in Sebring, Florida, that purchased two billboards. And on one, he put the ABCs of salvation. And on the other, he put uh, a prophecy update. So apparently, we've got other people that are interested in doing the same thing. I was talking to my wife. She said, whatever you do, don't let them put a picture of you on those billboards. (laughs) That would not be good. So as of now, they have three up, one in LA, one in North Orange County, and one in Little Rock, Arkansas. Also, get this, she's set to have one in Compton, straight, yeah, and they're in the process of uh, getting others as well. Ah, only God could do that. But see again, and if you've heard nothing else that I've said today, hear this, God is using this. And if God can use a donkey like me, He can use anybody. Just let Him. Just let Him. The reason we do the ABCs is not because this is like the only way to lead somebody to Christ. And by the way, you don't have to necessarily lead them to Christ. I think we get ourselves into a lot of trouble and we end up not sharing the gospel at all because there's all this unspoken pressure like, I've got to get them to Christ. I've got to get them down on their hands and knees and praying and receiving Christ. And if I don't, I've failed. Not at all. You might be planting a seed. Someone else is going to water it, and even somebody else is going to harvest it. You might be watering a seed somebody else planted. And then there are those times where God will give you the profound privilege of harvesting a soul. There is no high like that high of leading somebody to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. The ABCs are just a simple, childlike, simple way to share the gospel. The A is for admit that you're a sinner or acknowledge that you've sinned, that you need the Savior. Romans 3.10 says there is no one righteous, not even one. And Romans 3.23 tells us why. It's because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 is interesting because it sort of packages, for lack of a better way of saying it, the bad news first with the good news. What's the bad news? Well, there's a a penalty for that sin. All have sinned, and now you're going to be sentenced. 
And the sentence is the death sentence. That's the bad news. All have sinned, and the wages of sin is death. We were all born sinners, which is why we must be born again to enter the kingdom of heaven. Well, how? That's the good news. It's a gift that you receive. What's the gift? The gift is the gift of God, which is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And it's a gift. It's already been paid for in fall by Jesus on the cross. And he paid for it, cost him everything, cost him his life. And he purchased this gift of eternal life, and he gives it to any who will receive. How do I receive? Believe. That's the B. Believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. And then the C, lastly, is for call upon the name of the Lord, or as Romans 10, 9 and 10 also says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And lastly, Romans ten thirteen, all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. I don't know how else to say it except just to say it. If you've never called upon the name of the Lord, I implore you. I plead with you. I'm begging you. (laughs) Now is the time. Today is the day of salvation. You cannot afford to delay the most important decision of your life for eternal life. Today is the day of salvation. While it's still day, but night is coming, and we don't have much time left. In fact, I would argue, lastly, that we're out of time, and the Lord's return is anytime. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Lord, I thank you for Bible prophecy, for telling us what's going to happen before it happens. So when it begins to happen, non-believers will believe, and believers would look up and lift up their heads, knowing that our redemption draws nigh. Lord, I pray for anyone that's watching this online, or even here, in this church service that has never called upon you, confessing with their mouth, believing in their hearts, acknowledging their sin, their need for you as the Savior, putting their trust in you. Pray that today would be the day. In Jesus' name, amen. The Bible, though written long ago, is inspired by our Creator. God chose to speak His truth through ordinary men, but these men had their eyes fixed on their Heavenly Father. Their words hold a great deal of meaning for us in our world today, and maybe more so in the times we're in. 
Much of the activity of this world is mirrored in the pages of the Bible and is pointing to a new era that we need to be aware of. In Pastor J.D.'s weekly Mideast Prophecy Updates, he's been searching the scriptures and the news headlines and sharing with us what he's found. You can access these updates by heading to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and clicking on the YouTube link. Jesus will be returning to the earth soon to judge the evil that has been destroying it. And that return, friends, is drawing closer with each new day. Pastor J.D. tells us through these updates each week where we are in relation to Bible prophecy and how close our Savior's return just might be. No one knows the day or the hour this incredible event will take place, but we know from the Bible that we've been told what to expect in the moments leading up to this event. If we adopt a sense of anticipation in our daily walk with Jesus, we'll also gain with it an urgency to share the gospel message with the world around us. We're called to unashamedly boast about our Savior and plant the seed of hope which Jesus promises to water. Share Jesus with someone today and join us for another edition of the Mideast Prophecy Update right here on In Spirit and Truth.